0: Hello, and welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we lift up people leaders so they can lift up their organizations. I'm your host, Tom Finn, co-founder and CEO of LegUp. Together, we'll learn how to drive people innovation, how to transform HR into people ops, and how to secure buy-in to disrupt the status quo. And as I like to say, it's finally time to stop smoking on airplanes and update your people strategy. Let's transform your organization and move from a culture of talent management to talent empowerment. This week's episode of the Talent Empowerment Podcast is brought to you by Legup's Talent Insurance, an inclusive people development platform designed to help HR leaders empower their people through one-on-one professional coaching. With results like a 66% improvement in avoiding burnout, a 54% jump in leadership skills, and a 73% increase in job satisfaction, LegUp guarantees improved employee well-being, productivity, and retention. In fact, they ensure it. Your people stay or they pay. Visit LegUp, that's L-E-G-G-U-P.com to learn more. And without further ado, this is Talent Empowerment. My guest today is Jana Morin. We are thrilled to have you on the Talent Empowerment Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jana.
1: Thank you for having me, Tom. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, if if you don't know, Jana is the CEO and co-founder of Speakfully. Speakfully gives employees a safe, supportive way to speak up and empowers employers with data and analytics to take action before it's too late with their anonymous workplace reporting platform. You can find all of the information about Speakfully at www.speakfully.com. Uh, So, Jana, we are very excited to have you on the show today. Um, Let's just start with your story. How did you start Speakfully, and what was the background in relation uh, to this endeavor?
1: Yeah, happy happy to be here, like I said. Uh, Yeah, so Speakfully was created a few years back um, based off of a personal experience that I had of my own in the workplace. Um, Unfortunately, I had um, an event where I was harassed by my superior at the organization that I was at and uh, ended up leaving there because of that experience that I had and when I left that organization I uh, reflected a lot on you know what I wish I would have had as a as an employee going through that during those times uh, but also what I wish the organization would have had in order for me to come forward sooner than which than what I did um, which was day of exit which is you know Not in my character, not my nature, not something that I um, would ever do or think that I would would do. Um, And that's, you know, how Speakfully was formed. Uh, We wanted to be able to, you know, provide a safe private way for employees to be able to speak up, have a voice um, and feel comfortable doing so. But also, you know, give um, the organization some real time data and analytics so that they, you know, can get in front of those small issues before they become big problems like you see you know, in the press almost on a daily basis, unfortunately, now. Um, And that's kind of how we came to be. You know, you look at those. I remember the day that I, when I was experiencing these things, I knew that we had a a traditional workplace reporting hotline uh, and I didn't use it. And so I thought a lot about why didn't I use that? You know, um, what are some of the main reasons why people don't use those? Because most people don't. um, And and solve for that problem with Speakfully.
0: So, so you knew that there was existing components in place to support you, um, but they were maybe a little dated, like a classic 800 number, call your HR team, uh, speak up. And, and is there a sense that there were, were not the resources in place uh, or the, or the right culture to support you in, in this environment?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think. You know, as I, you know, reflect, obviously there's been tons of reflection on that experience that I went through and, um, and, and talking to so many people since the, since the start of Speakfully, um, and other, other individuals that are experiencing either now or currently have experienced something similar to what I have. Um, it's not, it's not even necessarily that, that that there weren't any, um, tools in place, there were, but like I said, it was, it is a, an outdated tool um, and there were tools that, that weren't effective for lots of different reasons. And I, I felt it didn't give the organization uh, what they needed in order to be more proactive. Um, the employees themselves, you think about one of those hotlines that, you know, you call in a number, which first of all, no one uses phones anymore. So that's, you know, that's the way the world that we live in at this time. Um, so that number one is going to be impactful. It's going to prevent someone from using it just because of that. But also, those types of tools didn't um, give the organizations any information to be able to be proactive about things. So, you know, they can't have those ongoing conversations with employees because they don't even know things that are are not happening because either they're not calling to period because it's not conducive. It's sterile. There's no transparency. There's nothing there for the employees to trust it. Um, but, um, that, that's like three of so many reasons, but the analytics piece of it, of being able to get some of that information, um, allows the organizations to have ongoing conversations with employees that they, um, wouldn't know to have otherwise and you're thinking about an employee who's experiencing something in that moment if they're not hearing these ongoing conversations that are going on then even if they do trust HR or they like HR it's still well what are they going to do because they don't talk about it except for that first day that I started work and we were going through the handbook and they told me what I should do first of all I don't remember what that is number barely I mean I knew that there was a hotline but that's all I remember or knew about it um, but secondly, they ha- didn't have conversations regularly about some of these harder conversations to have because they might not have known. And even if they did, they weren't doing it. So it didn't make me feel comfortable coming forward. And so with Speakfully, we not only give the employees you know, a, some ways to be able to feel more comfortable. It doesn't go into a black hole. There's some communication that can have, be had anonymously with the employees even after they submit but it's more about the analytics that we can give to those orgs so that they can be able to have those ongoing conversations or know what to have conversations about even
0: well look i think this is a wonderful reason to start a company and the best companies come from founders with personal experience i'm i'm incredibly sorry that you had to go through that Um, but what i love is that you've pivoted your life's work into supporting others so that they don't have to go through it in the future, uh, which I think is just a beautiful transition um, from a uh, fr- from a bad situation. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm incredibly proud to talk to you today and and hear more about uh, hear more about this. So let's let's jump into a, a term I've heard before that I don't know that we're all familiar with. and Maybe you can educate our audience. Um, I've heard this term grooming before in these types of uh settings can you can you help us understand that a little bit
1: yeah Um, you know grooming is an interesting topic as that is one of the primary reasons where when i do talk to other people who've experienced this since i started the business uh so many people can relate so i did a blog series on my experience specifically in detail and when i did that i talked about the grooming experience that i had um, with uh, my superior and it related with so many people. Um, and that's what, in, you know, what made them reach out to me. And so I do think it's an important topic to discuss so people understand what it means. Um, so in, in, you know, if I use my, my example, um, you know, there was a, a series of, of back to back of three months, four months of when I relocated for this position was recruited to go, uh, to this company and this organization and work for this person. And, um, when I did that, like I said, the biggest thing, or like I said, we've had these conversations before, but what I say a lot is that I, with my, um, superior, I felt like we had a great professional relationship. Um, for me personally, I am a big, um, advocate and big person of, um, you know, my work being, you know, being super passionate about it. Uh, always a go getter. I'm very confident in what I'm doing and really wanting to provide and help with the bottom line of the organizations that I'm working for as much as possible. I don't have kids. I moved there when I was 35. I had my dog. I was all just like, I'm all in, and I wanted heads down and be able to do all I can. Now, for the first three or four months, that was great. Um, good professional relationship. My superior was always um, advocating for the different my professional development, which was super important to me. Um, and and where I could um, be years down the line within that company itself, um, but just in my career, and it was really exciting. It was great. Um, I felt like everything was going great. And during that time, when you start when you start building like good relationship with your superior, the nice thing about that is you you build some loyalty with that. Like that's just kind of some loyalty. You trust each other and what each other is doing when it comes to work. And so three or four months happened, that was what was going on for three or four months. And then after that, after you know, three or four months hits, that's where little things started happening that didn't make me feel comfortable. I knew when it, the first time something happened that I felt uncomfortable, in my mind, the entire time I'm thinking, no, maybe I'm overthinking this. Oh, uh, maybe I'm being too sensitive. Um, that couldn't have been how he meant it. Couldn't have been... It was just a one off situation, right? Um, and I think when you talk about grooming, you don't know that it's happening until the bad things start happening, until the bad things start or starts taking play. And so I think that's where people get in this really weird gray area. It's not necessarily black and white. Um, a lot of times, as you are feeling like you have this loyalty towards somebody, um, and then now they're kind of slowly starting to. Uh, act differently, but it's not in a significant way each time that it is confusing as a person being in the in that space. So it makes you feel a little crazy. Um, you feel crazy, you know asking yourself all these questions and you're feeling shameful, guilty, you don't know why um, and it's because you're feeling, you know, negatively towards this person who has been a person who has been loyal to you for three or four months and and really trying to help you grow in your career and what you're doing. So it's it's the conflicting thoughts that you're having. And so those first three or four months is what we call grooming. It's because this manipulator, um, someone who, you know, knows that they have this impact, a superior, someone in power, um, you create this, you know, again, professional relationship that that was was exactly what I was hoping for, and that I've had in the past for um, superiors of who I've worked for, and it's worked out great. But it never led to the aftermath of that, where weird things started happening. That that was just a continuous ongoing path. So it would never was grooming because it just is what it was. They were just great bosses. And when it gets to the weird part, then that's where it's like, Oh, okay. Like they set it up so that you will be confused when these things are happening. You won't question it as much, or maybe you will, but you won't tell anyone because you're, you're still trying to make sense of it yourself. So I think that that's why I wrote that blog to begin with was because I think that this could be happening and could happen to a lot of people. And they're just confused about it and don't say anything because they are trying to make sense of it in their own head.
0: Yeah. And sharing your story is going to help so many others come forward as well uh, that are dealing with workplace harassment. And I I think that's what we're all hoping for is that your story sheds some light uh, on this issue. And it already Um, has, honestly.
1: I've had so many people reach out to me after reading that blog and they're either in tears because they didn't think that anyone would understand. And now they're really starting to understand what it is that they went through or that they're currently going through. And a lot of these people haven't told anyone because they just don't know what it is. And that's where it gets confusing to explain um, because a lot of times too, it's not just a, 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 a very aggressive thing. It's, it's kind of like it starts slow and then it ends up building. And so someone really truly doesn't understand the story until you tell them the 20 things that happened. If I told you one thing that happened in my situation, you'd be like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's not cool. But if I told you the 20, you'd be like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's, that's not cool. That's different. And it's it's just a, a pattern that just kind of builds and just leaves it's you the feeling.
0: accumulation of bad behavior. Exactly, um, that that causes the abuse. You know, it's a death by a thousand paper cuts, yeah. so to speak, where things are are compounding on one another, and taken as an individual event may not seem as alarming, but taken as a series of events uh, is really um, where we start to see some some of this turn into into abuse. I I, I have a question about sort of gender roles in this mm-hmm. um, in you know, I think we traditionally think of, um, the harassment being sort of male, uh, being the harasser and the female, um, being the victim. I think that's our natural sense perhaps to, to feel that way. Do you sense that, that it's that way all the time or, or is there a different, um, way to look at this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely can be, I mean, it really can be anyone honestly, at the end of the day. Uh, I've actually, when I've had people reach out to me, I've had it be women bosses and women that they're doing it to. I've had, I mean, I've, I've, I have yet to have anyone reach out to be male, male. Um, but I've also had, you know, obviously uh, a male in, um, and a female. So I've seen both of those. So it is a combination. Majority, yes. Then the more, what we've seen in, in the past, the majority, it does come back as male and female. But there are still lots of, lots of different stories that I've heard where it's a woman who is actually, you um, who is harassing in some capacity another female and so there is lots of different elements to it which builds the confusion honestly i mean you're just trying to figure out what this actually is um, but yeah the groomer could be a woman i've heard those exact same stories people have read my blogs and said it was a woman that did it to me and they were a woman but it's the same type of same type of um, situations and experiences so so if somebody
0: was listening to this and saying, my goodness, I think I'm seeing a pattern with somebody that I work with, and it's making me uncomfortable. Uh, Do you have a couple of steps that someone might take? Is there a a resource or two that that we could provide to help somebody that may be in a a difficult spot?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think initially, a lot of times you're still trying to figure out things yourselves when something happens to you, let's say some, you know, some experience happened, you felt a certain way, you aren't quite ready to go to HR yet because you're still trying to figure it out yourself, the the biggest thing that I recommend is just writing it down. I will guarantee you that, and I will say that I thought this about myself as well, is it's just one time, it probably won't happen again, but so I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, in my story, actually, luckily, I, I thought about writing it down. It actually was therapeutic for me, but I know a lot of people that do not. And then you get to three or four times, and then you already forgot to write the three or four beforehand. And that's where the confusion lies, is if you don't write those things down, you're not going to really remember to be able to tell the story appropriately if you are trying to come forward at any given time, because you're talking about, you know, something that happened X amount of time ago, and you didn't write it down. So no matter how much you think that you're going to remember it, exactly, you're not. Um, and it's just much better to go in and write about it and write about how it made you feel, what happened, um, the day that it happened and just write as much information as possible so that you can recall it. If you ever do have to call it back, if you ever, if you ever come forward. So that's my number one thing is, is making sure that you go and, and write about it, no matter if you think that it's, gonna happen again. Maybe you could just throw it away. Maybe six months down the line you're like, okay, never mind. That was I it wasn't as big of a thing as I thought it was. Cool. I mean it's still there. You don't have to, you know, go back to it. It's hard. It's one of those hard things. I remember doing it and I felt so gross doing it. You know, you felt you feel dirty, you feel gross, even though it's nothing that you did. It's just you don't even want to look at it. You don't want to look at the person's name. It's just all of it made you feel, you know, so I think the biggest thing is writing about it. And then really, if, if, if it keeps happening over time, that's where you have to start asking yourself, okay, how long am I going to withstand this? When will I go forward? How would I do it? Um, and that's going to be based off of the different ways that the organization has for you to be able to do that. And hopefully there are some safe private ways for you to be able to do that um, that will make you feel comfortable doing so.
0: Well, that's that's outstanding. And and uh, thank you for those those tips on on writing some things down, going through the organizational channels and, and making sure that there's privacy involved along the way. I mean, there's a whole new generation of workers out there. There's a whole new workforce that demands and requires uh, a lot more than what was delivered on in the eighties or, or prior to that. Uh, Let's, let's talk about that a little bit because your, your comment about privacy is so critically important and, and being able to have a voice, um, what is this next generation of workers looking for from their HR leaders, from their organization? And it doesn't matter if you're a 10 life company or a 10,000 life company. Uh, we're all people uh, trying to figure out this game of life. Um, how do we support this next generation?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just being able to have tools in place that give them the ability to do so and do it in a way that... Um, is is user friendly, the quickest way to be able to do it, but also not creating barriers for them to do it. So that, like when I say create barriers, I'm talking about okay, you have the the call and hotline. That already just even saying that is a barrier because it means that they have to actually pick up a phone and call. Um, so there's like different things that you can put in place that make it much um, a lot more conducive for them to be able to 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 report. And if you're thinking about these. People that are going through something like what I went through, it's not so simple when you're in it to just it to be, oh, yeah, I'm going to go pick up a hotline. It's terrifying. So it's trying to be able to um, give them, you know, the tools that that are easy to use. Like I said, um, they can have an easy flow to it. But then it also not only just helps the employee, but helps the organization be able to build that trust with the employee by giving them the analytics for them to be able to do things more regularly, like prioritize different um, trainings or different um, things that they have planned for the year based off of the analytics they're seeing of of what people are either submitting about or what they're preemptively going to be submitting about, which we offer. So, um, you know, it's not every employee um, report, feels comfortable doing the exact same thing as the next employee. So you, Tom, might feel more comfortable going straight to HR and and telling them face-to-face. I might feel more comfortable doing it over the technology that we have, a platform, which is what everyone's using these days, not using phones. They are connected to their phones, connected to their computers, and it's just the easiest way, and it's what the newer generation is just used to doing. So it's just being able to find um, different ways for them to do it so that They will, in fact, do it and and having those, I can't stress enough, the ongoing conversations, the ongoing hard conversations with your employees so that they can see that you're open um, to receiving the information if they did want to come forward, even if they were coming forward anonymously. So one thing that one of our our products offers is the capability to message uh, anonymously back and forth with the employee after they submit something to them. And the reason why that's important is a lot of times when organizations receive anonymous complaints coming in, they can't do anything about it because they don't have enough information. And so this uh, feature allows for them to talk to the employee and communicate via our portal. anonymously to get more information if they need it in order to take action or at least show that they're trying to do that um, by reaching out to the employee to ask them for more information, all anonymously within the platform. So that's trying to solve for one of those problems as well um, if you were to just use a traditional hotline.
0: Well, it's got to be anonymous or people aren't going to come forward, uh, right. which, which is probably most important.
1: And maybe eventually after you communicate back and forth with them anonymously, maybe, maybe they will disclose who they are, but maybe they won't. But you'll have a better opportunity to do it um, by be able to, being able to communicate back and forth with them anonymously. So,
0: so what do you say to HR uh, leaders that would say, look, we, we have an ombudsman. Uh, we have a, an 800 line. We have an EAP. We have annual compliance training on workplace harassment. We've got it all covered. What would you say to the HR leader that maybe is, is feeling like they've got this covered?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, well, normally first I'd ask them how the, the call-in hotline is working and if they get any, anyone calling in. And I will tell you, I don't think I've actually had one person that is using one that has actually told me that they get in anything regularly or some, most of them, so they never have gotten anything in it from, from that platform before. So that answers the question right there when I asked them that, because it is, is, very telling, right? Um, and and then one of the questions I ask is a lot of times, and what it will kind of lead to, because I feel like because they have these platforms that let's say no one's reporting on um, like the, you know, the call in is they'll say, well, we have a great culture. People will people just come to us when they have problems. But
0: and for nobody's each, coming to them, right? Right.
1: But no one's coming to them. And they're like, Oh, people just come to us face, come to us when they have issues. And to me, what I say to them is, well, how do you know that, though? I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're not giving them these anonymous platforms that are user-friendly, that you have the ability to communicate back and forth, that they understand as a third party, that there is transparency so that they know something's going on. It doesn't go into a black hole. I mean, you. it obviously takes time when you implement something like this, but over time, you're learning some analytics that you didn't have. You can start to really build that that bridge so that they slowly will start to utilize it. So if I for my example, if I heard them talking about um, how to report and the ways that they can do it and how it's going to be helpful and you know if they were getting in data and analytics so that they could take some action on some conversations to have then when I was going through it in those moments, when we were having those conversations, I'd be like, okay, well they are talking about this at our all hands because they're seeing some of this information. They obviously care about it. And in those moments, then I would potentially be like, maybe I should, maybe they will care if I go in and, and go in and talk about this now, what I'm experiencing, um, versus not talking about those things at all. Me saying, oh well, they don't even talk about these things. They don't talk about it. I don't know how they're going to receive it. Um, because they don't talk about it. And so it's just, it's just all about the communication piece that I feel like we're trying to bridge.
0: So it's, it's really about ongoing conversations that we shed a light on what harassment can look like and feel like in the workplace and that we're all open to having that conversation so that it doesn't happen. In, in a way, it feels like preventative medicine uh, so that you don't get sick, right? This is a prevention tool to help prevent it from happening in the first place. And if it does, we're providing the privacy, the, the safe space, and um, that ongoing dialogue back and forth in a two-way setting for somebody to solve the problem uh, in a way that's, that's modern and, and differentiated.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think the ongoing conversations and the ability to do that with the data that you have is crucial in order to bridging that gap, so that your employees do feel more comfortable coming forward. I mean, you think about someone who's going; they don't know when they're going to go through. So, like, I go through. You know, I went through the employee handbook first day of hire. Clearly, first day of hire. So I'm not experiencing anything that I need to report. Hopefully, that's not the case for anyone, right?
0: Sure. But
1: you think about it, and this happens. How you know? Five months down the line, and you don't really know because you haven't heard anything about it since that first day of hire. You kind of heard about it, but you don't really know, haven't heard anything else about it. But if I was continuously each month at our all hands, we're having a conversation about whatever the topic is that you see some, some trends on within your organization, then I'd be okay. Well, they're talking about this regularly, and it would have made me think about it at that moment. Um, or at maybe the second or third time something happened versus the 30th, right? Where I'm like, at that point, I was done and I wanted to leave. I wanted nothing to do with being there because I was terrified at that point. So I think that it's just a matter of it's, it's about um, preventative to your point. Like, you know, you are um, trying to prevent um, these small issues before they become big ones. Like you see in the press or just like we we're talking about or me leaving the day of exit Um, you're trying to prevent that and how can we prevent that and it's about trying to get them to report sooner you can't make you can't force someone to behave a certain way people are their own selves they're going to they're going to behave however they're going to behave but what you can do is teach your employees what to look for uh, when to come forward how to come forward and on an ongoing basis so that they can come forward as soon as possible before they get to a a, a, you know an exit point
0: yeah that's that's fantastic and That's great sage advice for an HR leader that can start to look at this perhaps a different way. Um, There haven't always been tools out there uh, that focus on a digital component, something that includes a lot of privacy, the ability to go back and forth and support employees. And then as you mentioned, uh, making sure that the ongoing conversation is broad around the company so that People don't feel empowered to behave badly. Right. Um, we don't want that. We want people to be empowered uh, in their own success and their own talent and be treated um, fairly and with respect uh, at all times. And so, tell me, tell me just a little bit about Speakfully, very specifically. I mean, we've we've talked about your story. We've talked about some of the background here and, and HR. But tell me about Speakfully. I mean, this is your life's work you have you've pivoted into this space and now you're you're really pressing forward um let us all know what you're doing with this organization
1: yeah yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, we have two different products um, and it's it's basically, you know, we, again, it all, it's all the same premise. Like we, you know, are creating a safe private place for employees to speak up, have a voice, same on both platforms, giving the organization data and analytics to be able to get in front of those issues. Um, so there's different. Um, we felt that there is a need for two different kinds of, of platforms as you have uh, employees that are out in the field that need to, to assess, access something um, quickly. So they can just use a QR code, scan it, it brings them to where they need to go, and they can just quick go in and submit when ready. And then that's when, after that, can anonymously communicate back and forth. But then we have our more robust product where it's account based, um, can implement into organization single sign ons. Um, and that one, you know, allows for pulse surveys. Um, gives the ability for organizations to put in resources for their employees that they can go and find in that space. Uh, they can log multiple experiences as an employee at one time and submit when ready. Um, and then um, gives the organization, more importantly, that preemptive analytics that they wouldn't otherwise have and know, you know, what kind of what conversations to have or priorities to make um, without it. So those are the two the two things that we have now. Um, we are just continuously going with that. We, we hope to add in a bunch more features um, in, the, in the coming year uh, That's just going to um, expand all of those, those um, features that I just pointed out and, and make them um, even more uh, lucrative for an organization, give them some, some um, idea of what to do once they see the analytics. You want to kind of add some things in there like that. Um, and yeah, just keep building off of it because we're excited to be getting into organizations, um, providing that space, and you know, excited to keep doing that.
0: For so, who are your who are your customers now? Are they they individuals? Are they enterprises? Are they mid and uh, small customers yeah. or, or companies? Hel- help us understand who your target market is and and where you really fit uh, from, a, uh, from a from a, from a software standpoint.
1: Yeah. So we we have a free product, just we have a free product for employees whose organizations don't have our product. It just allows you to go in, document, timestamp it. Um you can you can export it for your files if you wanna be able to take that PDF and give it to your org on your own, um if they don't have it, like I said. Um secondly when it comes to the types of organizations, we are industry agnostic in the sense that we have a wide range of customers in different industries, you know, considering that every organization who has employees should have a platform like this. Uh, So we have um, lots of different types. We have uh, um, advertising companies, tech companies, um, sandwich shops. We have breweries, which is a big one. We have a lots of breweries that are in the space now. And we, there's a big Me Too movement in the brewing industry this past summer. So we have a lot of breweries that have come on board. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of like all over the board, um, insurance companies, uh, you know, it depends honestly on the organization and their, and, and on their feeling of, of what they want to be able to provide for their employees. Um, and, and size wise, um, anywhere, you know, we would say our targets between 100 and 500 employees, but we are all over the board. Again, we have people, we have customers on both sides of that. Uh, that's just what we've been getting in a lot uh, more recently, and um, yeah, so we're kind of all over the board right now. Um, we just have so many different kinds of um, organizations reaching out. Like I said, if you have employees, you should have a platform like this. So um, we don't want to we don't want to um, exclude anyone, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think your your message of inclusivity uh, is loud and clear when you said that we have a free version for individuals that do not have this available at their own company. So if you're listening and you're struggling and there's something happening uh, within your organization and your HR team has not uh, purchased Speakfully, uh, yet you can go to speakfully.com and work through the free version for yourself to help document uh what's going on and then start to start to feel empowered to take action um so i I think uh that's a beautiful thing i'm I'm guessing that comes directly from the heart uh from you and your experience yes Yes.
1: um,
0: which which is which is why the best companies are founded by by people that have life experiences and and don't want others to go through that challenge uh exactly Um, so so
1: for me, it's, I think about the times where I was in that moment in those moments where I felt confused, unsure, I need some, I needed validation that what I was going through actually was legitimately something. Um, and that's why we created what we did is we wanted to be, I wanted to be able to help people in those situations, make them feel more empowered, like you said, and make them feel not alone. And, and, and that is, it was a huge thing because it's a lonely place if you aren't really entirely sure what's happening. So um, I'm happy to – I wanted to be able to tell my story specifically just for that reason and um, hope that it will continue to be able to um, get out there so people can, can read it because it, it happens to so many people. It's, it's crazy.
0: Well, Jenny, you're, you're an absolute inspiration. Uh, the fact that uh, you are speaking out about this and uh, putting it uh, in the public eye and making us all aware that not only is it happening, uh, but we're creating tools and resources to stop it from happening. And you're giving those tools and resources to individuals and then adding product uh, with more layers to it for organizations to be able to manage the, manage this uh, across, uh, across the organization is just fantastic. So um, I, I would like to thank you so much for being thank on the show. You. I love your story. Um, I love what you're doing. And uh, I wish you nothing uh, but the utmost success uh, with this project.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate yeah. you having me.
0: Well, before before I let you go, um, where can folks find you? If they wanted to get in contact with you, they resonate with your message, they love what you're doing as much as we do, uh, where can they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, so they can, they, like you had mentioned before, they can go to our website, um, at www.speakfully.com, um, and they can find some email, uh, hello at, at speakfully.com or info at speakfully.com. Either way, they can get a hold of me that way. Um, also you can go to my LinkedIn. You can message me on my LinkedIn. It's Jana Morin, one word, um, for the tag in there, J A N A M O R R I N. Um, and yeah, that's probably the easiest way I would say is, is probably LinkedIn, honestly, but they can always go to the website, find our email there if they forget, and I will get it.
0: Yep. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story and being on the Talent Empowerment Podcast. We are thrilled to have you as a guest and uh, wish you and Speakfully nothing uh, but success in the future as we look to curb harassment at all levels uh, in and out of organizations. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Talent Empowerment. For more information on our show and today's guests, head to the show notes or visit talentempowerment.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening, so you never miss an opportunity to empower yourself and your people. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show grow. And a final thank you to our sponsor, Leg Up, and their people development program, Talent Insurance. To learn more about how they guarantee retention, employee well being, and employee performance through one on one professional coaching, visit legup.com. That's L E G G U P.com.